0: Hello world, this is Colby Abbas on KTWHLP 99.5 FM in Two Harbors, Minnesota and streaming online at ktwh.org. Welcome to Energetic Talk, brought to you by a partnership of Clean Energy Resource Teams and Two Harbors Community Radio. I'm excited to bring you conversations about clean energy and get your questions answered by our guests from near and far. Today we are talking about energy CERT's Seed Grants with my guest, Joel Haskard. Well, Joel, welcome to the show. Hey, Colby. Thanks for having me. I would love to have you start today by just introducing yourself and let us know what you like about clean energy. <laughs>
1: you bet. Uh, my name is Joel Haskard. I am the co-director of the Clean Energy Resource Teams, or CERT uh, for short, and uh, I'm based at the University of Minnesota on the St. Paul campus. Uh, if you wanted to understand my position and you kind of can picture one of those wooden Russian dolls, uh, I'm with the University of Minnesota. Within that, I'm within an extension, which most people have heard of. And within that, I work in an organization called the Regional Sustainable Development Partnership. They do work not just on clean energy, but on local foods, on resilient communities, natural resources. And then within that, finally, I'm with the Clean Energy Resource Team's CERTS program. And It's a partnership organization, not just of the university, but also of uh, governmental and nonprofit organizations as well. So we cover the state of Minnesota. Uh, we're written into state statute. Uh, to provide communities across the state uh, help as they're identifying and implementing uh energy efficiency and renewable energy projects or clean energy projects. And uh to your last question, why clean energy? Or what do I like about clean energy or why am I focused on clean energy? <laughs> um, I think it's a very intriguing and exciting area to work in. It's forever changing as technologies are improving or coming online. And I guess what's most important is for me is I get to go around all over the state of Minnesota and see what communities are doing and what they're looking into and what they're trying to uh, implement in their own communities, uh, whether it's for job creation or they're just trying to save some money, or climate change focused, whatever the whatever it may be, there's a lot of areas where clean energy seems to resonate with a lot of folks.
0: Oh, well, that's that's wonderful. That was a very good synopsis of certs.
1: So <laughs> I've done it for a few years now, Colby. <laughs> oh,
0: you got some practice.
1: I've got some practice. People's eyes usually glaze over when I start to try to tell them, you know, here's who I am, here's who I work with, here's the partnership. They're like, complicated, man.
0: But Yeah, yeah there's, there's a bed. lot of layers, but <laughs> a
1: lot of down layers. at the core,
0: <laughs> it's clean energy. And so today... <laughs> um we have you here on the show to talk with us about seed grants which are a kind of funding opportunity that folks have that Certs providing so yeah tell us a little bit about what seed grants are sure well,
1: some of the funding for for Certs comes through via the utilities via the legislature through something called the CARD grants and it's conservation and applied research and development and a lot of times those dollars go to big I say big, wonky, fancy, scientific projects. You know, people are looking into solar and battery storage, or they're looking into different real, you know, high-dollar, big payout projects. But we have kind of a unique ability uh, and an opportunity, I would say, to work with uh, those communities, those small communities, or big communities, it doesn't matter, but across greater Minnesota, across the whole state, and work with those, you know, those city halls, those community centers, those, you know, Uh, K through 12 schools that are trying to do a small project and they're trying to figure out how does this work for us and so we have seed grants, uh, about every couple of years, we are able to put these out into the landscape. We usually fund, I don't know, about 40 or 50 projects within those two years or so. And when I say a seed grant, Colby, as you well know, they're, they're truly a seed grant. They're not big. They're about, you know, three to $5,000. So let's say 5,000, maybe the average, um, they are for labor costs and they are to try to help, you know, maybe it's to, uh, they're for labor costs to try to buy down maybe that time of that electrician or that, uh, teacher or that intern or that person who's working at the place of worship where we're trying to help them get the resources they need to get that little project done. And so we would we, we want to support the worker. We don't really want to buy the widget for you. You know, the widget might be coming from another, another country or something. We'd rather support the labor cost. Um, and so I just want to let folks know that these grants are currently available. Um, Colby, do you want me to get in the weeds? I can tell them about the deadline and a few things like that. Is that okay?
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah. So how do folks apply? There you go. Okay. (laughs) So um, I say
1: the easiest thing to do is to Google Clean Energy Resource Team, or chances are if you Google Clean Energy Minnesota or Clean Energy Teams Minnesota, but Clean Energy Resource Teams, that'll get you to our webpage, and it's front and center on our webpage. It's like the first thing that kind of pops up is how to apply (laughs) for a seed grant. Um, They are due uh, Friday, October 8th at 4 p.m., so you got it. You got a little bit of time here, um, and I would say if you're at all interested, I want you to go to the website and take a look at them and apply because um, it's not a lot of money, but the application ain't a lot of work either. We've tried to make it so you know. And I would I would like to think in half an hour, boom, you're done. You would have your application done. You'd have it submitted. Um, and you know, it's there's a lot of there's been a lot of great little projects funded across the state. And there's been a lot in the Northeast region. Uh, and we would love to see more coming from, from the area.
0: <laughs> cool. So you mentioned that kind of the grants and your work with certs are all across the state. Um, who decides how the grant or the grant dollars are going to be spent or kind of which projects are going to get funded?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So um, every... We've divided the state into seven regions, and um, obviously we're now talking to you in the northeast region of the state. Each of those regions has a regional coordinator for CERT, and guess what? That's you, Colby Abbas.
0: I know. (laughs) Fancy that. That's me here up in the northeast. (laughs) And then working alongside of Colby
1: are his steering committee, and the steering committee is made of folks from the region. So they, the, to answer your question, Colby, the people who will be deciding on these Sea Grants are people right there in the region. And Colby, you have a really nice mix of folks. You have folks from um uh, you have some utility representatives. You have folks I was looking. You have uh, the, a woman from Fond du Lac. You have a city person it looks like uh, from Mountain Iron. You have somebody from ADOA. You have somebody from Wolf Ridge. You have a really nice mix of environmental advocates and civic leaders and utility representatives. And so this is one of my favorite Days of the year, what will happen is you'll get all these sea grad applications, uh, and you know we get to sit around at a table. Sometimes I'm not even there, um, but you know Colby and his steering committee will sit around the table and they will discuss. They have a, a review sheet and they will discuss the pros and cons of each project and. The other thing I want to bring up is if a project, unfortunately, isn't funded because we don't have a, enough funds, and a lot of times that, that is the case. There's too many really great projects and we can't fund them all, but um, a lot of times we're able to follow up one-on-one with that applicant and suggest other funding resources or maybe other resources that we know of or maybe even just some time that we can help put in for the project. So, you know, we try to make sure that even even if we can't maybe help you with our funding, uh, there's another way we can we can work with you. But a lot of times, I don't want to scare people off. A lot of times we are able to fund you. So yeah,
0: well, no, get, well, those,
1: that's, get those applicants in. That's, <laughs> that's really good information
0: in. <laughs> to know that it's going to be folks in our region here in the Northeast deciding, and that no matter what, there'll hopefully be some support that comes out of the application.
1: That's the dream, right? That's the goal is that because it's so. I mean, Colby. I don't know about you, but it, I mean, it's truly uh, an inspiring day to see all the interesting and cool projects that that communities across the Northeast are, are are working on when it comes to energy efficiency or renewable energy. And it's, it's great to, uh, sometimes they're people that we know of and their are partners we are, we're aware of and their are projects that we're like, Oh yeah, I thought we might get an application from them. But sometimes they're, are folks and communities and projects that we had no idea that they had something going on. And that's, that's super inspiring, super fun.
0: Cool. And so how much money is a ab- bit is available for these grants? How many grants are given out? Um, across the state, but also specifically here in the Northeast?
1: Sure. So typically, we have $20,000 in the region, which usually turns into four or five projects, four or five grants. Uh, thanks to the support of the Morgan Family Foundation, we now have an additional 10000 So that puts us at $30,000. Um, that last 10 is to work with Black, Indigenous, and people of color projects, which we typically get uh, several of anyway but it's it's really nice to see that specific support um so i guess the short answer is we have thirty thousand dollars um for this cycle and again if you can imagine that these are four or five thousand dollar grants that gives us quite a few projects we can support and then you know what usually happens is uh again seed grants So a lot of these communities are saying, Hey, you know, Rotary said they were going to pitch in 500 bucks and the chamber said they would pitch in, you know, a thousand. And we're asking you guys, you search folks for four or 5,000. And you know, that's how these projects happen is a small town looking at their, looking at uh, helping their community center or their city hall or their school or place of worship. Um, They, they, you know, these are community projects. We want them to be community facing. And so they look at us as a partner and, uh, we we put that money together and get a project going.
0: <laughs> Wonderful. So, kind of building off this community facing you mentioned for the projects, yeah. like other than them being clean energy related, which seems like an assumption there, um are there other requirements or kind of priorities for the grants that folks should be mindful of as they're thinking or trying to decide if their project is the right fit?
1: That is a good question. Um, you know, I would say, you know, there's, I, I've, I've given a little list, you know, we like to work with nonprofit organizations or local governments, tribal nations. I mentioned schools, but also we get a lot from libraries, um, places of worship, you know, service clubs student groups. We get a lot of applications coming from schools, and that can come from the, you know, sometimes it comes from the superintendent, sometimes it comes from a science teacher, sometimes it comes from a a student group that's interested in the environment, working, maybe working with that science teacher or with one of the teachers. Uh, We'll get them from business associations. We've had them from electric co-ops before. um, Another one, food shelves or homeless shelters. Uh, sometimes, you know, those buildings, they are so busy being on the front line providing for others that they are, you know, their building's getting a little beat up and they just haven't had the time or resources to uh, kind of fix up that building. And uh, we love to work with, with those entities. You know, we're always trying to figure out ways of helping those folks maybe who need it the most reduce their energy costs. So I mentioned BIPOC communities or project projects. Um, you know, if we can tell that there is a project where there's folks that have a high energy burden, you know, and that means that every month when they're making that decision on paying the, you know, the electric or the heating bill versus medicine versus food, if there's an organization that kind of has those priorities of, of uh, helping those that need it the most, then certainly that's a priority oftentimes for our steering committee. They want to make sure that uh, that money being saved by energy efficiency or maybe by solar or renewable energy is helping those uh, who need it the most. I was looking at every every region has a little specific thing that they they can add to the application and the Northeast kept it really simple, Colby, and I think you were part of this simplicity. It just said preference given to projects not previously funded. So I think that's perfectly understandable and easy to <laughs> navigate. Yeah. Um,
0: uh so, yeah, you know, we, we spread we the love around.
1: Spread the love around, and we look. You know, we also look at a geographic spread. And, you know, that's another
0: kind of piece
1: of the puzzle. Is um, we love to see communities across the region. Um, there's a lot of great projects from Duluth, but we don't want Duluth to be the only entity, right? You know, we want to make sure that we're getting up into the Iron Range and up along the North Shore. Uh, you know, even up as far as. Uh, you know Cuchuchin county and make sure that there's something happening up in that area
0: if you are just tuning in this is energetic talk with colby Boss on ktwh 99.5 fm radio with a lake view today we are talking with joel Haskerd about certs seed grants so let's get back to the interview so you mentioned that right now there you're accepting applications for kind of this cycle of seed grants. So does that mean seed grants happen? every year and
1: yeah they typically almost on a two-year uh basis it takes us a while and i'll tell you maybe how that goes is uh it takes us a while for our staff what we what we try to do is we try to let's get the grants out the door so let's say um you know you get your application in by friday october 8th then our steering committees will meet sometime you know after that into november just you know it's hard it's First of all, A, we have a pandemic going on. B, it's always hard hurting all the cats together. So, you know, getting everybody in the same room or on the same Zoom call takes a little bit of time. You know, by early December, we're hoping to let people know um, if they've been funded and they can start work. And then in early January we would make the announcements. We try to do a little press release. We really want to congratulate and hold up those projects. And then folks would have the rest of twenty uh, twenty one. I'm sorry. See, um, we're in twenty twenty one. Let's let's look into the future, shall we? It
0: feels <laughs> we like we've lost a whole year for COVID. So it's like exactly <laughs> I know. Actually, twenty twenty right now.
1: <laughs> exactly. So they would have the rest of 2022, excuse me, uh, to work on this project, and that would go clear into the very end of 2022. So, like, their final invoice, everything needs to be wrapped up with a bow. We need your final invoice and a final report, and that final report doesn't have to be very big either. But we have that by January 6th, 2023. That is our deadline for everything wrapped up with a bow, and then that gives us the time us search staff who tell the stories about those projects so you know if you go to our website uh, clean energy resource teams you know first of all on that homepage you'll see how to apply for the C grant but up top you'll see a tab that says stories and there are dozens and dozens and dozens of stories about sea grants and other projects that we've worked with across the state and we try to let folks know hey how to go you know and and uh You know, maybe what was the return on investment and how many people were, you know, did it, uh, how many people did it affect, how many people were involved in the program. We have a couple of pictures, a couple of quotes from folks. So we try to tell a nice story, how to go, you know, and this Mm -hmm. is to, to help, we hope to help people pull something off very similar to that project in their own community or learn from the experience and be like oh maybe i want to change it up a little bit so i don't have that problem and it'll be a little easier for me next time around that's great we just want people to learn and uh, hopefully you know share those experiences learn from those
0: experiences and Uh, You want that seed grant project to be a seed for other projects to grow into trees. Colby, you nailed it. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) So you mentioned kind of that you like to share stories from previous projects. I imagine there's been seed grants in previous years. Um, Are there any favorite stories or favorite projects that you could share with our listeners?
1: Wow, that's a good one. I should have had that all ready in my brain, like, what are my top favorites. You know, there was one, and maybe it was just because I thought the title was so funny, but there was one uh, pretty recent where a a uh, pet clinic that helped injured pets. It was kind of a, I don't know how to describe it. It was like a recovery kind of a shelter, animal yeah. shelter. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Animals that have been hit by cars or they had been neglected and abused. And this was kind of a place that helped them recover and recuperate. And um, they were powering uh, their clinic with solar panels. And so the title was something like uh, Solar Finds a Forever Home at at such and such clinic. That was, I really got a kick out of that one. And that was a great project. And again, we highlighted that project. Then we, we shared that with a bunch of vet clinics across the state. And we got some interest from other veterinarians who were like, oh, yeah, I was kind of thinking about solar too. And this gives me an idea of how much it cost and what they did and who they worked with. So uh, that was a fun one for a lot of reasons. But I was looking, you know, even in the Northeast, um, I was looking through some of the folks we we worked with just in the last couple of years. Uh, this would maybe give folks a little bit of an idea, if that's okay, about some yeah. of the projects we've funded in the past. So uh, we were working with or Minnesota, with the Or Recreation and Resource Center. They were kind of fixing up, they had an older building, and they were fixing up, most of it was with lighting, so they were doing a lighting project there. Um, Minnesota Interfaith Power and Light, the Arrowhead Regional Network, Youth Be the Spark, they were working with young people with communities of faith in Duluth who were um, kind of learning more about energy reduction and kind of putting that into practice. At the churches and also then in their own homes. Um, we worked out in uh, with the Minnesota Discovery Center. They had a, an educational solar PV project they were putting up. Um, did some lighting upgrades in Finland at the Claire Nelson Center. Uh, oh, Cook County. We all, you know, the there's the Cook County Local Energy Project CLEP up in Grand Marais, and that is a group of citizen kind of activists who are really. Um, always doing something cool. So we did one, I think, with the North House Folk School and uh, also some other projects just around with the community on sharing kind of energy efficiency tips. It was kind of like how to winterize your home. And they did a series of storytelling and energy skills sharing, which was really fascinating. So, you know, you can Google Cook County Local Energy Project and check out what, what they're doing. They're always up to something pretty fun. The, uh, the Wabick did a City Hall LED lighting retrofit. Uh, Mountain Iron, you know, they've got some really exciting news up in Mountain Iron. I think Helene, is that right, Colby? Helene is expanding their production of solar panels it's big expansion up there but anyway yeah, they are the they, only
0: yeah. solar manufacturer in the midwest i believe and yeah they're doing a big expansion um and then there's also like that's not actually related to the seed grant um no related to a seed grant that um we provided to mount iron to assess um solar sites for large-scale solar and using brownfields, so kind of unused parts of the city that are just kind of unsightly or not being maintained and potentially turning them into large solar arrays. And that has led to their now installing and in the late stages of a like multiple megawatt solar farm on one of those brownfields. So that's super exciting.
1: Yeah. And by the way, listeners, you should know that besides being your local radio show host right now, Colby is a huge piece of the puzzle of all of this. So, I mean I'm kind of prattling on like, Well, did you know about this? And of course Colby is sitting there quietly like, uh, Joel, I helped do
0: that project. <laughs> <laughs> but but I'm the host here, so you're the one that's I know, supposed to be sharing I, I yeah, I could be interviewing you on this, Colby, and you probably know more
1: than I do. But anyway.
0: <laughs> no, you're, you're doing great, Joel.
1: Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to say, North. remember there was a uh, Colby in Cook, Minnesota, was the Northwood School Solar Power Trail Lighting, mm-hmm. um, and I, we did a couple projects with Equilibrium 3 in Duluth, if folks don't know that organization, a fantastic organization in Duluth, doing a lot of work. Across Duluth, but also in a Lincoln Park neighborhood, uh, with some energy equity work that they've done there, and uh, we've we've had a lot of great projects in partnership with them in the past. They're another fun one to look up, Equilibrium Three, and see what see what they're up to. Um, and we had a Boys Fort weatherization project, and that we that we funded. And then I see a a, a Salem Lutheran Church LED lighting conversion. And that was in Mato- Matoa? Am I pronouncing that correctly? I don't on <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shame on, shame on me. I Sometimes you get, the listeners will get a chuckle out of my uh, mispronunciation of...
0: <laughs> well, we yeah, have a like lot of tough ones here in Minnesota, like Aiken. Like, <laughs> if you didn't actually just know that's how you'd pronounce it, and you just looked at the word, like, it wouldn't make any sense. Right. <laughs> yep. Well, that's really exciting hearing all the different projects that have been funded previously and it's definitely getting my brain juices going as far as like, oh, what projects might be going on or who might be doing interesting things in the area that might benefit from a seed grant, so... Thanks. Thanks for sharing all those stories.
1: You bet, Colby. I hope we get a lot of applications in from your region. We usually, uh, Your region usually has really interesting and fun projects. So I hope people aren't shy or thinking like, well, I don't know if they'll fund it. I just want you to go to the website of Clean Energy Resource Teams, uh, check out the RFP, the request for proposal and the application. And if you think you got a project in your community, you know, spend that 20 or 30 minutes and send it in because um, it'll start. You know, in the best case example, you'll get funded, bing, bam, boom. And in the worst case example, we'll probably still be reaching out to you and working with you to figure out how we can help get that project done. So,
0: definitely. And (laughs) and I obviously, the steering committee makes the final decisions, but I will say we tend to be very interested in outlandish new ideas and yeah, pushing the boundaries (laughs) of, well, what, what is possible. Last round, we funded a project that was kind of looking at uh, cold storage and using an ancient technology of root cellars in combination with kind of solar and other more modern technologies to try and address cold storage for farmers. And so, yeah, there's a whole wide gamut of what can fall within that clean energy space. That's it. Yep. (laughs) So you already kind of refreshed on... How folks can apply. Um, Just as a reminder, the deadline was October 8th at 4 p.m., I believe you said? That's it. Friday, October 8th, 4 p.m. Wonderful. (laughs) And if folks have questions or need help with the application or kind of help going through the process or just kind of have the faint inklings of a project, but it isn't necessarily fleshed out. Um, it's there places they can go to get support. They can.
1: Uh, well, one piece of the puzzle. And Colby, is it okay if I give your mm-hmm. email and your your phone number to this to this? Uh...
0: <laughs> yes, that was that was sort of a leading question there, because basically <laughs> I just want everyone to reach out to me. <laughs> give me a call. Shoot me an email. And yeah, I love yeah. to help take people's kind of. Ideas and see how it might fit or evolve into a project.
1: Yeah, so I have your I have your email here is Colby at Teams dot org all one word Colby at Teams dot org and then if you have a phone number that you share it's up to you Colby
0: yeah. 218-353-1448. <laughs> that's my certs number um, and okay. we also have some off hour, office hours set up that aren't necessarily region specific but we'll have a kind of staff person like Joel and or a staff person like me or one of the other regional coordinators that can kind of help you and provide that hands-on support. Um, I don't offhand know when those dates and times are but they are on the certs calendar on our website.
1: That's right, yeah and that's another tab at the top uh,
0: you know you'll see
1: the when you the home page you'll see the application and then there's tabs at the top, one for stories, which I mentioned earlier. there's another one that I think it just said calendar and that can show you all these events not only those office hours but free uh, clean energy events all over the state uh, you'd be surprised there's a lot of them and there's some really fun fun activities for folks if they're interested. so but yeah, please give Colby a call or, or email him if you have any questions and uh, we would love 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 to get some applications.
0: <laughs> wonderful. Well, Joel, thank you so much for joining us and talking about seed grants and certs.
1: You betcha. It's, it's been a pleasure. Have a, have a great and uh, wonderful and beautiful time up in the northeast part of Minnesota, my personal favorite part of the state.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was Joel Haskerd talking with us about cert seed grants. If you have any questions you would like answered on the show, please email them to colby at cleanenergyresourceteams.org. Thank you for joining us in Energetic Talk. Special thanks goes to Carlisle Evans-Peck for the theme song and our featured artist, Pig's Eye Landing. I hope you enjoyed listening to KTWH 99.5 FM, and we'll tune back in next Thursday at 7 p.m. or Sunday at 1.30 on the air or online at ktwh.org. This is Colby Abbas, signing off.